I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. I welcome you to episode two in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible study video series, The New Testament Gospels. This video and podcast-based Bible study video series was originally intended to focus on the history, authorship, language, and intended audience of each gospel, its major and secondary themes, and discussion of each book's unique content. It was never intended to be complete coverage of each gospel. This fourth edition marks the start of our second decade on the World Wide Web. Concurrently with production of the fourth edition, we are introducing four new books in the catalog of the AIC bookstore publications. The books are annotated versions of the four Gospels, including the complete New King James text of each, followed by complete annotations on the entire Gospel. Each book is richly illustrated with high-resolution images of historic gospel psalters, breviaries, icons, mosaics, frescoes, engravings, paintings, watercolors, and stained-glass windows from the 5th through the 20th century. The high-quality images, which were formerly available only to scholars, clergy, and wealthy collectors, will now be available in both print and electronic versions at reasonable cost to all the faithful of the Church Universal. Highlights from the Gospel of Matthew annotated and illustrated will appear in Episode 1 through Episode 6. The book is scheduled for publication in the first half of 2021 A.D. with 262 pages and 117 illustrations. The illustration on the cover is an illumination in egg tempera and gold on parchment from the Pericope Book of Henry II, produced about 1007 to 1012 AD for the last of the Atonian Holy Roman Emperors. It was made at the scriptorium of the Benedictine Abbey at Reichenau Monastery, Reichenau, Germany. In episode two, I begin the discussion of the Gospel of St. Matthew, focusing on its history, authorship, language, intended audience, and major themes then begin a discussion of the first two themes, concluding the episode with the naming of the four women found in the genealogy. The English name Matthew comes from the Greek name Matthios, which means gift of God. The author of the Gospel of St. Matthew does not identify himself anywhere in the text. However, there are two places in the text Where the name Matthew is mentioned, the first is 9-9, when he was called by Jesus as an apostle, and the second in 10-3 in the list of the twelve. In both cases, he is referred to as a, quote, tax collector, unquote, who abandoned his job to follow Christ. In the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, and the Gospel of St. Luke, his his Hebrew name Levi is used to describe the same person 
whose name is traditionally affixed to this gospel. The illustration is a late 9th, early 10th century illumination on parchment of St. Matthew writing his gospel under the inspiration of an angel from the Coronation Gospels, painted in Belgium and given to English King Athelstan by his brother-in-law, Holy Roman Emperor Otto the Great, from the collection of the British Library, London, England. Following early Eastern Church tradition, St. Matthew is usually depicted as an old man. Acceptance of St. Matthew as the author of this gospel began with Bishop Ignatius of Antioch and Bishop Papias of Hierapolis in the early 2nd century. In the mid to late 2nd century, Bishop Irenaeus of Lyon added agreement in a book he published circa 180 A.D. The early church historian Eusebius, in his 4th century history, written after the Council of Nicaea, affirmed the church's traditional attribution of this gospel to Matthew. In the 20th century, some writers called the Eastern view the cult of Matthew, but in more recent scholarship, the authorship of the book by Matthew slash Levi is now widely accepted in the Western Church, including the editors of the NKJV Study Bible and the ESV Study Bible. The illustration is a late 18th, early 19th century tempera and gilt on panel Byzantine Orthodox icon of St. Matthew from the Iconostasis at the Church of St. Mary Perileptos in the Orid region of the Republic of Macedonia. St. Matthew is shown as a gray-haired old man carrying a jeweled gospel which bears the legend, this is the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. The time of the writing of the Gospel of St. Matthew is disputed by modern scholars. The early church accepted the assertion by St. Irenaeus of Lyon that Matthew wrote the book while St. Peter and St. Paul were still living between 50 and 75 A.D. The modern argument against early authorship is that the destruction of Jerusalem referred to four times in 2141, 22-7, 24-2, and 15-16, 15-16 in chapter 24, and which occurred in 70 A.D. could not have been known. This, of course, as the ESV Study Bible properly points out, requires one to deny the ability of Jesus Christ to know what was in the future. The NKJV Study Bible suggests an earlier date, between 50 and 60 A.D. Additional support for the early date is that the book was mentioned in the Didache, or the Teachings, published around the same time. Modern Western scholars, however, date the Didache to the early 200s. The illustration for this and the next slide is an illumination in egg tempera and gold on parchment from the Gospels of Otto III, produced at Reichenau Abbey, Reichenau, Germany, around 998 A.D. Bible scholars differ over the language of the original work. 
All the manuscripts which survive today are written in Greek. In the Eastern Church tradition, Bishop Papias Hierapolis, around 130 AD, was the first to argue that it was written in Aramaic, a common first language of a large majority of Hebrews in the first century at the time of Christ. Aramaic survives today among Christian minorities in parts of Iraq. Analysis of the language of the Greek manuscripts suggests extensive use of Aramaic idiom. A clear majority of scholars agree that whoever wrote Matthew intended it for an audience of Hebrew and Aramaic speakers. The text includes both direct references and allusions to Hebrew traditions, including their liturgical practices and very visibly to Jesus' extended accusations against the Pharisees in chapters 12 and 23. By comparison, the dispute with the Pharisees gets just three verses in the Gospel of St. Mark and St. Luke and is not mentioned at all in St. John's Gospel. The illustration is an illumination of Matthew in colored ink on parchment from the Dover Bible circa 1150 A.D. Early Eastern Church tradition argues that St. Matthew's Gospel was written to appeal to those Jews who had not yet accepted Christianity. According to the NKJV Study Bible, the Gospel of Matthew is known as a kingdom gospel uniquely focused on the Hebrew concept of the kingdom of God and Jesus' place in its lineage, ideas which only Hebrews would recognize and understand, including 33 references to kingdom of heaven, four references to kingdom of God, and nine references to the royal title son of David, which places Jesus directly in the line of succession from the first king of the Hebrew people. The illustration is an illumination in tempera and gold on parchment from the Codex Aureus of Lorsch, made at Lorsch Abbey, Lorsch, Germany, between 770 and 820 in the Carolingian style popular during the reign of the Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne. In this series, I will discuss four major themes found in the Gospel of Matthew. The illustration is an illumination of St. Matthew painted around 950 A.D. in a Gospel book made for the Ottonian dynasty in Germany, who were successors in Charlemagne's revived Holy Roman Empire in Europe, and it comes from the digital collection of the New York Public Library. These themes are etymology, or the origin and meaning of his name in the Hebrew tradition, the genealogy of Jesus, establishing his lineage in the line of David all the way back to Abraham, the father of the Hebrew people, events in Jesus' life seen as fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. This will be illustrated by a series of at least 25 examples from 53 citations of Old Testament and more than 70 allusions to the Hebrew Scriptures. Fourth and finally, Jesus' demonstration of his divine origin through the prophetic telling 
of eight events, foretelling of eight events which would occur in the future. I begin the discussion of themes of the Gospel of St. Matthew with a discussion of the origin and meaning of the name Jesus. The familiar name Jesus is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua. Joshua was originally Jehoshua from Numbers 13, verse 16, the account of the name Moses gave to Oshea, the son of Nun. Jehoshua is itself a merger of two names, the Hebrew title of God, written in the Hebrew tetragrammaton as YHWH or Yahweh, or in the Western Church, Jehovah, and two Hebrew words generally meaning deliverance or salvation, Hoshea and Yasha. The illustration for this on the next two slides is an 1863 A.D. icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary with the Christ Child, painted by Dicho Kroschev for the Church of St. Peter and St. Paul in Kula, Bulgaria. While the name Joshua, or Jesus, literally meant the Lord is salvation, St. Matthew establishes the connection between the name Jesus and the Hebrew concept of salvation or the expectation of the coming of the one who would save the Hebrew people. In Matthew 1, 20 and 21, one of the several angelic dream visits to Joseph, but while he, meaning Joseph, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. The second major theme of the Gospel of St. Matthew is the genealogy of Jesus. The book opens with a clearly Jewish genealogy that covers 42 generations in three phases of 14 generations each. The NKJV Study Bible suggests that the division of the genealogy in groups of 14 generations in the male line of Joseph was intended by St. Matthew to tie the genealogy of Jesus to King David, thus establishing a claim to the right to kingship, consistent with the kingship theme of St. Matthew's Gospel. In Hebrew numerology of that day, the consonants in the name David have a numerical value of 14. The illustration, Matthew writing his gospel, is an illumination in colored inks and gold on parchment from the Harley Golden Gospels, a book of the four gospels produced at the start of the reign of Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne at Aachen, Germany, around 800 A.D. from manuscript Harley 2788, folio 13b, at the British Library, London, England. The first 14 generations, which are verses 1 through 6a, run from Abraham, father of the Hebrew people, Isaac and Jacob, to King David, the first divine, divinely anointed king. The second group of 14 generations, 
which is verses 6b through 11, runs from David's successor Solomon through Jeconiah and the Babylonian captivity. The final group, verses 12 through 16, begins with Shealtiel and his offspring Zerubbabel, a leader of the rebuilding of the temple, and ends with Joseph. The illustration is the opening page of the Gospel of St. Matthew with the Latin Vulgate text of verses 1 and 2a from the Harley Golden Gospels. One further point about the genealogy of Jesus is the way in which Mary is brought into St. Matthew's male line genealogy. You might ask yourself, if Jesus was not the biological son of Joseph, why did St. Matthew trace the line through Joseph? The answer is that under Hebrew laws of succession, an adopted child has complete rights, equal rights of succession. Thus, Jesus of Nazareth was the rightful heir in the line of Abraham, David, and Joseph. The illustration is a minuscule in colored inks and gold on parchment of King David surrounded by angels from a breviary and psalter made in the Netherlands between 1450 and 1460 A.D. from manuscript Egerton 1152 at the British Library, London, England. Both the New King James Study Bible and the Orthodox Study Bible, New Testament and Psalms, Take note of St. Matthew's choice of words in verse 16, the concluding verse of the genealogy. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. In the Greek language, the phrase of whom is a term restricted to females only when writing about paternity. The meaning is that although Joseph was not the biological father, he was the legal father connecting Jesus back to Abraham in the royal line of David, while recognizing the Blessed Virgin Mary as the mother. And not just any mother, but the mother of, as St. Matthew expresses it, Jesus, who is called Christ. The Church would later, at the Council of Ephesus in 431 A.D., grant the Blessed Virgin the title of Theotokos, which in Greek is literally God-bearer, or Mother of God in Western Church language. The illustration is a nativity scene of the Blessed Virgin and Christ Child, an illumination in colored inks and gold from a book of hours made in the Netherlands around 14. 1520 A.D. from manuscript additional 50005 in the British Library, London, England. As I noted in episode 1, Christ is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew Messiah. Thus Matthew has established that Jesus of Nazareth is both a legal son in the royal line of David and the promised Savior, or in other verses in the Old Testament, the Anointed One or Holy One of Israel. Here he has connected the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, which Jesus will later explain 
succeeds the old. In later episodes, I will speak more about St. Matthew's theme of Jesus' birth as the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. The illustration is a remarkable illumination in temper and guilt on vellum of a seated St. Matthew from a book, a gospel book known as the Codex Aureus of Canterbury, or the Golden Gospel of Canterbury, produced around 750 A.D. and now at the State Library of the Kings of Stockholm in Sweden. It is one of the oldest gospel books in the Western Church. Another unique aspect of St. Matthew's genealogy is his inclusion of four women, two of whom were not Jews. Jewish genealogists did not usually have women named in them. While the Gospel of St. Matthew was directed toward Jews, the inclusion of these four women suggests two things. First, an openness to non-Jews of all nations, or the Gentiles, or the nations in the Old Testament. Second, by the inclusion of these four particular women, Matthew is suggesting that the salvation offered by Jesus is available both to sinners as well as to the righteous. Scholars suggest that it was this suggestion that carefully that careful, some would say extremely severe, interpretations of the Mosaic Law were not always required, which caused so much hostility toward Jesus by the scribes and the Pharisees, a subject to be examined in a later episode. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode are from the Great O Antiphons, an AIC seasonal video series in seven episodes for the final seven days of Advent season. The key phrase for December 19th is O Adonai, or Lord, for December 21st, O Clavis David, or Key of David, for December 23rd, O Rex Gentium, or King of Nations, and December 24th, O Emmanuel, meaning God with us. From Advent, a season of penitence and preparation, Jesus as Savior of both Jew and Gentile, based upon Romans 15, 4-14, the epistle reading for Second Sunday in Advent, is discussed in Episode 1. In the Lives of the Saints, from the first series, St. John is the focus of episode 4, St. Paul of episode 5, St. Mark of episode 7, St. Peter of episode 11, St. Matthew of episode 14, and St. Luke of episode 15. From the previously mentioned AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of Matthew, Annotated and Illustrated, Topics discussed in this episode are found in the sections labeled Preface, The Art of Illumination of Scripture, A Guide to Reading the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew and His Gospel, and The Genealogy of Jesus. Also relevant are the 14 illuminations of Matthew from the 8th to the 15th century. In Layman's Lexicon, Words and phrases of interest are the entries for Apostle, 
Blessed Virgin Mary, the Didache, Ecumenical Councils, Gentiles, Gospel, Incarnation, Jehovah, Jesus, Kingdom, Messiah, Salvation, and Yahweh. In Beliefs of the Anglican Church, the section on the creeds of the church, the Nicene Creed is discussed on pages 1 to 35, with the creeds reference to, quote, incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, this is, that is discussed, including the, the decision of the Council of Ephesus, granting her the title Theotokos on pages 19 and 20. On this website, Father Ron's blog, a page featuring information on the latest projects, videos, and publications. Entries generally include an illustration from the featured series. You can reach the blog page by clicking the links at the top or the bottom of the page or by entering the direct URL address that you see on the screen. Please note that if you do that, the word blog is case-sensitive and must be small letters only. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right-hand column and afterward entering your email address, you can receive notice of each new posting from our site host, WordPress.com. Please be assured that we do not share information with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for Episode 2 of the New Testament Gospels. Next time in Episode 3, I will discuss the four women in St. Matthew's genealogy of Jesus and begin a discussion of St. Matthew's theme of the life of Jesus as fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.